Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to another episode of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. Guys, today is episode 75. I can't believe we've already gotten this far. It's incredible. I never imagined I would have already made 75 episodes for you beautiful people. Now, guys, I hope you all enjoyed the interviews last week with Steve Ravilla and Brandon Coleman. I absolutely enjoyed those interviews. And if you're expecting some more interviews... This week is the week because every single day, Monday, well, not Monday, but Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we will have interv- interviews for you. I'm not going to release what you know what each interview is going to be. I kind of want to make it a surprise for y'all because trust me, guys, you will definitely want to listen to these interviews I have going on because some might involve a Netflix star and some might involve a future first-round potential player. So make sure to stay tuned to the Cover Sale and Mason Pierce podcast and the interviews that will be dropping later this week. But anyway, guys, before we do begin today's episode, I do want to ask y'all to please make sure that you are following the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover Sale with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover Seven with Mason Pierce on both of those platforms. And once again, guys, if you are, are interested in just Excuse me, guys. If you are interested in watching daily sports content and getting daily sports news, I highly suggest checking out both of those platforms. But guys, before we do begin today's episode, I do want to you know talk about one discussion that kind of did rattle you know the college football landscape as a whole, and this is involving Oregon tight end Spencer Webb. Now, Spencer Webb going into his final year of eligibility with Oregon was due for a breakout year was projected to potentially be kind of like a mid-round to late-round pick in this year's NFL draft and, you know, had all the potential in the world. But tragedy did strike as over the weekend news came out that Spencer Webb did pass away after a very tragic accident involving cliff diving where he did unfortunately hit his head and just... It, it was really a sad, I mean, it was just a sad situation as a whole. And once again, make sure you keep your prayers and thoughts with him and his family because I know right now is a tough time. So I just figured that, I mean, it's just sad just that we have to keep talking about all of these guys passing away. And I know that's life and it happens, but it's just truly, you don't really realize how precious life is until you finally see it get taken away. So guys, make sure that you do cherish every single day that you do have and make sure to tell the ones that you love that you love them and because you never know what day might be there or your last. But anyway, guys, I don't want to get too sad. I just wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, Spencer Webb and, you know, the very unfortunate situation that did happen over this weekend. But anyway, guys, let's talk about some college football news because I know y'all have been waiting on a college football news episode. And today's episode is going to, once again, primarily be some college football news because for some reason it seems like every single recruit is deciding to recruit during this month and the month of June. But anyway... Let's talk about our first news in today's episode, and the first news that we will be talking about is regarding 2023 four-star quarterback and current Florida State commit Chris Parson. Now, Chris Parson, over the weekend, actually decided to decommit from Florida State, stating that, quote, FSU was my dream school. I had to realize that I had to be somewhere that was the best fit for me, end quote. So, obviously... Not something that Mike Norvell and the Seminoles wanted to hear, but at the same time, Chris Parson decommitting also kind of comes at a very convenient time for Florida State as currently right now the Seminoles are targeting fellow 2023 four-star quarterback Ricky Collins, who is actually a Purdue commit right now, but are you know kind of anticipate him to be able to be persuaded to uh, flip to Florida State. So it's not the worst news for the Florida State Seminole fans. I mean, obviously losing a guy like Chris Parsons, who is an elite 11 finalist and has an 
just an immense amount of potential as he's a top 10 quarterback in the class of 2023 and is just a probably will end up becoming a borderline five-star by the end of his senior year. So it is a huge loss for Seminole fans. And we've kind of seen this similar situation with Sam Howell, who originally was committed to Florida State, but then ultimately backed out and then went to North Carolina. But anyway, a four-star quarterback in the 2023 class, Chris Parson, has officially decommitted from the Florida State Seminoles. Now, for our next two news that we're going to talk about, we're going to be talking about the Oklahoma Sooners as they grab pretty decent recruits on both sides of the football offensively and defensively but first let's talk about the offensive side of the football and first we'll be talking about 2023 four-star running back Dalen Smothers now Dalen Smothers is a pretty highly touted running back coming out of Charlotte North Carolina as he currently is ranked a top 250 is a current sorry guys is currently ranked a top 250 recruit in the class of 2023 now the finalists to land the super talented running back out of charlotte or florida state penn state alabama miami and ou now over the weekend um dayland actually decided to announce his commitment to the school that he will be attending and he announced that he will be joining brent venables and the oklahoma sooners and it doesn't really come at a shock at all because Jeff Levy, you know, the former Ole Miss offensive coordinator, followed Brent Venables, or not necessarily followed Brent Venables, but went to OU with Brent Venables to become their head coach, or their OC, Brent Venables is the head coach. Y'all get what I'm talking about. But Jeff Levy easily is one of the best offensive coordinators in all the country, and definitely the type of offense that he does have, I think was really attractive to Dalen, who can also be used as kind of a receiver back. So, it made a lot of sense for him to choose Oklahoma over schools like Florida State, Penn State, Alabama, and many others. Now, the next Oklahoma news that I want to talk about is regarding 2023 four-star linebacker Lewis Carter. Now, Lewis Carter is a top 200 recruit in the class of 2023 and comes out of Tampa, Florida. So, the finalists to land the super talented linebacker out of Florida were Clemson, Florida, Auburn, Oklahoma, and UCF. Now, people probably would have assumed, hey, he might be sticking in his home state of Florida and going to Florida or UCF because UCF also just went out and got a pair of twin four-star linebackers early last week. So, you know, it kind of made a lot of sense for him to want to stay in, you know, his home state of Oklahoma. But actually, he decided to flip the script and announce that he will be joining Brent Venables in the Oklahoma Sooners. So, and he also adds on to a really hot month of July for the Oklahoma Sooners as, he's be as he becomes the seventh commit during the month of July for the Sooners. So, Oklahoma fans, Brent Venables is doing exactly what he promised. He's going out there and attacking the recruiting cycle, and he's doing very well at it. And once again, the future looks really bright under Brent Venables up there in Norman, Oklahoma. Anyway, guys, the next news I want to talk about, the next couple news I want to talk about is going to be regarding Penn State in their sneaky good 2023 class they have had so far and in my opinion it's one of the more one of the more highly ranked classes that you don't really hear anyone talking about and yes I know Penn State hasn't really been almighty and everything like that these past couple years heck even decade or so but they might have the potential to finally be able to get back up to that level with this recruiting class and obviously I know that's a huge thing to say but the talent is definitely theirs. Once again, they're kind of doing similar to what Notre Dame did, and they're attacking both sides of the football pretty evenly. But anyway, let's talk a little bit about the Penn State Nittany Lions and their commits that they got over the past weekend. But the first commit that I want to talk about is going to be regarding 
2023 four-star linebacker Tony Rojas. Now, Tony Rojas is a top 125 recruit in the class of 2023 and easily is one of the most sought-after linebackers in the class of 2023 alongside Lewis Carter, who just committed to Oklahoma. Now, Tony Rojas, the finalists to land him were schools like Penn State, Clemson, Virginia Tech, Georgia, and Maryland. Now, Tony's actually from Pittsburgh, which is kind of funny to think that Pitt didn't even make his finalist, but he actually decided to commit to Pitt's rival in Penn State and will join James Franklin and the Nittany Lions. And honestly, I think this is a great fit for the Nittany Lions as they finally you know, get their linebacker of the future and you know, continue to add on to a very strong 2023 class. And I'll talk a little bit more about some of their recruits that they got going in their 2023 class after we talk about this next recruit that Penn State landed over the weekend. And one recruit that I'm kind of excited to see come and play for Penn State in 2023. And this news comes in the form of 2023 four-star edge rusher Tamir Robinson. Now, Tamir Robinson is absolutely made a giant. He is six foot four, 225 pounds, and is ranked as a top 150 recruit in the class of 2023. So yeah, definitely a super talented cat that most SEC schools wanted, and actually his finalists to land him were Penn State, Miami, and Virginia Tech, which is kind of funny to think because it's almost identical to his fellow Penn State commit, Tony Rojas. But anyway, over the weekend... Tamir had officially announced his commitment to James Franklin and the Penn State Nittany Lions and continues to add on to a very impressive Penn State 2023 class that, in my opinion, is one of the more underrated recruiting classes alongside Notre Dame and what Marcus Freeman is building over there in South Bend. Now, Penn State in their class of 2023 so far, they have one five-star that comes in the form of Alex Birchmeyer, which is an interior offensive lineman. Who is just, you know, six foot five, two hundred and eighty-five pounds, and is ranked as a top fifty recruit. And not to add on top of that, that they also got another borderline five star recruit on the offensive tackle position in Jav- and J- is it Javen? Yeah, Javen Williams, who is six foot four, two hundred and eighty-five pounds as well, alongside Alex, which will kind of set one side of their offensive line for the future. And then also when it comes to defense. They've already gotten their future safety and four-star and top 100 recruit, Elliot Washington. They also went out and just got Tony Rojas, who we just talked about. On the defensive line, they also have got a top 100 defensive lineman in Tamarian Parker, who is just casually, you know, six foot four, 250 pounds. So, yes, Penn State fans, the future is looking very bright up there. And once again, this recruit, this recruiting cycle alone for Penn State I don't think he's getting the credit that it deserves, and James Franklin and what the Penn State Nittany Lions have done definitely deserves to be talked about a little bit more. But anyway, we're still going to talk some about some Big Ten news and some Big Ten recruiting news, and this comes in the form of Michigan. Yes, Michigan fans, y'all finally, and I mean finally, got a commitment. Y'all finally got another commitment, and this comes in the form of 2023 four-star defensive lineman Eno Etta, and I'm super sorry if I, you know, absolutely butchered that or anything like that but Eno is actually a pretty solid recruit Eno is ranked as a top 150 player in the class of 2023 and held offers from schools like Alabama Utah Stanford Michigan State and Michigan now his finals to land him were Michigan Michigan State and Alabama which you know undoubtedly it made sense why he picked those three but over the past weekend Eno actually decided that he will be committing to Michigan and 
this is absolute huge boost for a Michigan class that majorly needs it and it just really has kind of seemed dead so far. You know, they've lost a couple guys. They lost four-star Raylan Wilson to Georgia just literally a couple days ago. So getting a guy like Eno, who is easily one of the better defensive line prospects in this whole 2023 class, is a huge boost to Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. And if y'all thought we weren't going to be talking about Notre Dame in this episode, y'all are completely wrong because Notre Dame did it again and it's not really shocking at all. And this time, this commitment comes in the form of 2023 four-star wide receiver Jaden Greathouse. Now, Jaden Greathouse is a top top 100 recruit in the class of 2023 and is coming out of Westlake High School in Austin, Texas, which is known to produce numerous college football talents, most notably Drew Brees, Nick Foles, and then here recently Cade Klubnik, who is a Clemson quarterback right now. So, yeah, super talented high school. And Jaden Greathouse was one of the more kind of hidden gems in this 2023 class, especially at the wide receiver position, because he does have very solid size at six foot one, 210 pounds, and is looking to have a breakout senior year in high school. So huge pickup for Notre Dame because for a while there, it looked like Jaden would be heading to Texas and staying literally home, you know, down there in Austin and joining joining the Longhorns, but. Marcus Freeman and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, they pull it off once again and absolutely steal Jaden Greathouse from UT, which, I mean, it's just an absolute amazing pickup for a class that, you know, is already dominated when it comes to getting wide receivers. Now, for our final college football news in today's episode, we're going to be talking about 2023 five-star linebacker Troy Bowles. And now, the last name sounds familiar. That is because Troy is the son of current Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach, Todd Bowles. So, yeah, football runs in this man's blood. And once again, he plays on the defensive side of the ball, something that his his dad definitely specializes in as he led Tampa Bay to a Super Bowl not even two years ago. So, Obviously, was pretty highly sought after, but not just because of the name, but definitely because Troy absolutely proved it as Troy is currently ranked as the number 26 ranked prospect in the class of 2023 and is the number two linebacker. And it's kind of different for a lot of websites because he's also ranked as the number two linebacker, the number one linebacker, but according to ESPN, he is the number two linebacker, but nothing less is still arguably the best linebacker in the class of 2023 now for his size he is six foot one 210 pounds and is an absolute beast now the finals to land the super talented linebacker were ohio state georgia and oklahoma so kind of some competition to work for when it came to the bulldogs but the bulldogs pulled this one out as they landed super talented and regarded the number one linebacker in the class of 2023 troy bowles now this one doesn't really sting for oklahoma as they literally just got i think a top five linebacker you know in terms of just talent wise and lewis carter and obviously georgia they got another solid linebacker in troy bowles who now will be able to immediately fulfill you know the position of nicobe dean and Georgia, I mean, Georgia, seriously, I know they haven't had their best recruiting class in 2023, but they still have a super stat class as they currently are ranked six and feature 12 uh, ESPN 300 commits, which does lead the SEC, by the way. So technically, they're doing better than Bama in their 2023 class, which is kind of funny to think because as much as you hear about Bama, you wouldn't expect Georgia to be surpassing them, but that is the case. Georgia is beating 
Alabama right now when it comes in recruiting. But anyway, guys, that will wrap up today's episode. I hope or not. To, oh my God, not today's episode. That will wrap up today's college football segment. Sorry, I spent a little bit doing all these interviews, but this will wrap up today's college football segment, guys. I hope y'all did enjoy it. Let me know what y'all's favorite part of today's college football segment was. Whether it was Notre Dame once again just absolutely destroying the hearts of Texas fans, grabbing another recruit, or it was just any other recruit news. Just let me know down in the comments below. But anyway, let's talk about the NFL. Now, the NFL, there hasn't been a lot going on. It's kind of that time of the year where it's right before training camp and, you know, we don't really hear too, too much. But we did get some pretty decent news. And this first one comes in the form of former Kansas City Chief and all-pro offensive tackle Mitchell Schwartz. As Mitchell Schwartz over the weekend had announced that he will be retiring from the NFL after nine seasons. Now, during his career, Mitchell had a streak of 7,894 consecutive snaps to begin his career before that streak would ultimately be snapped in a midseason game back in 2019. However, he did not miss a game that season and actually started in the Chiefs' three postseason games that they played, which did include their Super Bowl win against the San Francisco 49ers later on that year. So, very solid offensive tackle, but... After he dealt with a lot of back issue injuries and just kind of his career got derailed due to just a lot of injuries, he finally has decided to hang the cleats and will be calling it not necessarily quits, but will definitely be not on the playing field anymore. And in case you're wondering why, you know, you didn't hear his name last year, that is because Mitchell Schwartz did not play last season after he was released by the Kansas City Chiefs last March. Now he had February or he had surgery last February for a back injury and Pretty much after that point, I think Mitchell knew himself that he was not going to play football again just for the betterment of his health, and I don't blame him. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, football is not going to last forever, but, you know, you need to make you need to be able to make sure that your body will be able to last a long time after that. So congratulations to Mitchell Schwartz on an absolutely fantastic NFL career. Now the next news I want to talk about, and it's still some retirement news, and this comes in the form of veteran NFL cornerback and the, and the uh, twin brother of current New England Patriots safety, uh, Devin McCourty, his brother Jason McCourty. Now Jason McCourty had announced on Friday that he will be retiring from the NFL after 13 seasons. And crazy enough, Jason McCourty was a sixth-round pick 13 years ago. Like, he wasn't, you know, a super highly touted guy or anything like that. He was actually a sixth-round pick, and originally he did start his career out in Tennessee with, you know, who he played eight seasons with, and then after that, after his time with the Tennessee Titans, he would go on to play with the Cleveland Browns back when they went 0-16, and, and yes, he was a part of that team, so... You know, he made history, but just not the history that, you know, you might expect. But anyway, after that, he would actually be able to redeem himself and would go on to join his brother Devin McCourty in New England and would win a Super Bowl against the Super Bowl against the Los Angeles Rams. Not the Super Bowl Rams, the Los Angeles Rams. So anyway, congratulations to Jason McCourty on a pretty solid NFL career. I mean, if you're able to stick around for 13 years in the NFL, you have to be pretty dang good. So congratulations to Jason on an amazing career. But anyway, guys, on to our next NFL news. I want to talk about a trade that actually occurred between the Chicago Bears and the New England Patriots. And the topic of this whole trade was former first-round pick and kill Harry. Don kill Harry coming out of Arizona State literally, I think, four years ago. He was a very sought-after wide receiver, but you also have to remember the class that he was in featured guys like D.K. Metcalf, A.J. Brown, 
and numerous other super talented wide receivers. So expectations were already through the roof, especially when you're picked before them and a whole round before them. And unfortunately, during his career with the Patriots, he dealt with a lot of injuries. There was a lot of inconsistent plays as he only appeared in 33 games with only 18 starts, catching 57 passes for 598 yards and only four touchdowns. So not the stat line that you would want from your former first-round pick, especially at the wide receiver position. And his most productive season actually came during the COVID year in 2020 where he had 33 receptions for 309 yards and two touchdowns. So pretty much three-fourths of his career total with the Patriots happened in one season. But it's something that unfortunately, you know, especially when you see in football and even basketball and just any type of professional sport, injuries seem to kind of derail a lot of super talented guys' careers. And that was kind of the case when it came to Inkill Harry. But Inkill Harry is actually getting another chance as the New England Patriots have traded their former first-round pick to the Chicago Bears for a 2024 seventh-round draft pick. Now, in my opinion, and I mean easily in my opinion, the Bears won this trade because you were getting a first-round talent in Inkill Harry who, yes, during his time with the Patriots did not show it, but once again, he still has that potential. There was a reason why the Patriots picked him in the first round. And he is absolutely a great red zone type of wide receiver too, which is something they need because right now their wide receiver room, especially after David Moore had got arrested, you know, they have Darnell Mooney, who easily is one of the more, I I guess you could say not talked about um, wide receivers, definitely is, I would say, one of the more underrated, underrated wide receivers. But once again, he is more of a speedster type of deep, deep ball type of wide receiver but with Inkel Harry you kind of get a mixture of both you can get you you know he's a guy that you can use on third and goal situations where you need to just lob it up to him with his immense size as he's like I think six foot like six foot four six foot five and I mean it's just and has immense size like I just said so great trade for the Chicago Bears is they get a wide receiver that has a lot of upside and they're not having to give up much they're giving around they're giving up a 2024 seventh round pick that literally would probably end up getting cut before training camp anyway. So, in my opinion, great trade for both sides as the Patriots finally move on from their former first-round pick and the Bears welcome a new wide receiver that could potentially become a you know second option or even their starting option alongside Darnell Mooney. Now, anyway, guys, we do have one final topic in today's NFL segment, and that's going to be regarding the Cincinnati Bengals. And it wasn't any free agency moves. It wasn't any trade moves. It wasn't anything, you know, whether it's next year's draft, this year's, you know, what happened in this year's draft or anything like that. It's actually regarding some uniform news. And during this past weekend, the Cincinnati Bengals had announced via Twitter and their social medias that they will wear an alternate white Bengal helmet, a.k.a. just a white helmet with black stripes during the season, which I remember years ago on Instagram seeing kind of some, kind of not some skits, but kind of seeing some uh, kind of, sketches of them and what they would look like especially when you see a lot of photoshops on like joe burrow jamar chase and all that well guys it is finally becoming reality as we are finally getting a white cincinnati Bengals helmet and that's going to look so clean with their cult their white color rush uniforms and i might become a Bengals fan just simply for the fact that they're releasing these white helmets i mean that's going to look really solid you know they've never worn a white helmet they've always had the orange helmets whether they used to have just the the bangles on the side or obviously the stripes but now they're going to have black stripes black stripes with a white helmet so huge news for the nfl and just uniform nerds like myself because 
that's just an absolute sick combination and something we've been wanting for years and we are finally getting it but anyway guys that will wrap up today's NFL segment. I hope y'all enjoyed that segment. Let me know what y'all enjoyed. Let me know what y'all favorite y'all favorite topic was. I know mine was personally probably the Cincinnati Bengals finally releasing a white alternate helmet, which is something that we have been wanting for literal years. But anyway, guys, let's talk about our final segment of today's episode and that's going to mostly just be some MLB news and the first MLB news that I do want to talk about is going to be regarding the Toronto Blue Jays firing their manager Charlie Montoya now Charlie Montoya during his time with the Blue Jays he he accumulated a record of 236 and 236 aka he literally went 500 with the Blue Jays over three and a half seasons now Definitely to start off the 2022 season was not what the Blue Jays wanted. They were not living up to expectations, especially when you have a very solid young lineup with guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you know, Christian Kirk, who actually has kind of exploded onto the scene for the Blue Jays, Bo Bichette, and numerous other talents like Alec Manoa, Alec Manoa as well on their pitching staff. So it's just been kind of a disappointing season so far for the Blue Jays, and they've even said it that they felt they needed a new change, a new type of energy. And I guess they felt that, you know, getting rid of Charlie Montoya, Charlie Montoya was going in the right direction. So the Toronto Blue Jays have officially fired manager Charlie Montoya after a pretty disappointing start to the 2022 campaign. Anyway, guys, the next MLB news I want to talk about is regarding the Seattle Mariners. And, and the, this just random win streak that they have had going on right now is currently their win streak is up to 13 games after defeating the Texas Rangers on Saturday and yes I'm recording this on Saturday night slash Sunday morning so if it sounds kind of weird that is why but anyway the Seattle Mariners currently are on a 13 game winning streak and are only two games behind their franchise record winning streak now over their past 24 games overall the Seattle Mariners have won 21 of them including including winning 8 series in a row which is their most since winning 14 straight series during their 116 win season literally 21 years ago back in 2001 so yeah Seattle's definitely kind of have an improvement to what was a really slow start at the beginning of the year you know their pitcher that they really were you know super happy about getting and Robbie Ray who just won the AL Cy Young last season with the Blue Jays they also when they went out got uh, Jesse Winker from the, the Cincinnati Reds and they just really did not seem to perform that well at the beginning of the season but things are starting to click for this Mariners team and they're re they're really looking dangerous especially when it comes onto the offensive side of baseball so Anyway, the Seattle Mariners are currently riding a 13-game winning streak after starting the season very, and when I say very, I mean very slow. But anyway, guys, our final news of today's episode as a whole is going to be regarding Washington National star outfielder Juan Soto. Now, Juan Soto and the Washington Nationals have kind of been playing this weird game of all right, we're just going to give you a blank check, and you're just going to write how much you want, and you're going to stay a national for the rest of your career. And Juan Soto is simply saying no, and this is exactly what he did once again as the Washington Nationals, Nationals reportedly offered Juan Soto a 15-year, $440 million contract extension to stay with the Washington Nationals. And yes, you heard me right. That is half a bill. That is pretty much half a billion dollars. When you also include his signing bonus too, that would come with it. 
But the problem that Juan Soto had with this contract was obviously the 15-year part because, once again, as we all know, the Washington Nationals are rebuilding. They traded away Max Scherzer and Trey Turner last year right before the um, trade deadline, and they pretty much had just they said, you know what, screw it. We're just going to you know start rebuilding. We're going to you know kind of rebuild around Juan Soto. But Juan Soto does not want to be a part of a rebuild. He wants to be on a contender immediately, and... Washington Nationals, they kind of are feeling the same way now as the Nationals are, it's been reported that the Nationals are actually expected to entertain trading um, Juan Soto, but it's being rumored that it's going to have to be a quote-unquote Herschel Walker type of trade deal to get him, so we're kind of seeing, we're kind of seeing a trade that will look like KD in the NBA pretty much, so a team's going to have to give up half of their farm league to get Juan Soto. I've seen a lot of you know, teams, you know, being kind of thrown around here, most notably the Yankees, which, you know, they could possibly trade Joey Gallo as I know they're wanting to get rid of him due to the fact that he's hitting some horrendous average and striking out insane, which that's exactly what they knew they were getting when they traded him from Texas last year. But Yankee fans are just acting like, you know, why would we get him? But that's, I, I, just, I don't know. Anyway, I'm a Joey Gallo support, Joey Gallo supporter, so I'm not going to say too much. But, yeah, Juan Soto turned down a 15-year, $440 million contract extension from the Washington Nationals and is now seeming to end up being traded. Anyway, guys, I hope y'all have enjoyed today's episode. I know I enjoyed making it for y'all. Please make sure, before y'all do head out, that y'all make sure just to simply drop you know any type of support that y'all can, whether it's just a like, whether it's a comment, whether it's a rating, whatever it might be. I truly am supportive for everything that y'all do. Also, make sure that you go check out the two interviews that I did with fellow TCU offensive linemen, Brandon Coleman and Steve Avila. Both of those episodes you can just find on the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce page. They're super entertaining. And guys, also remember, we have four interviews coming out this week, so make sure to be waiting at 12 p.m. every single day for these new interviews to come out as well. Anyway, guys, one last thing before I do let y'all go. Please make sure that, you are, that you're able to go check out the Anchor.com monthly supporter program where you can just pay simply $4.99 a month. That helps me better the quality of the podcast, be able to give you some exclusive perks as members, and also simply be able just to give you some uh, God, I just I completely I completely blanked. Be able to give y'all giveaways when we reach certain milestones, but once again, it is not required. I'm not telling y'all y'all have to do it in order to be able to listen to the podcast. Simply y'all being li- simp- simply y'all listening to the podcast means the world to me, and I'm so thankful once again to be able to have such an amazing community like y'all. But anyway, guys, I hope y'all have a fantastic Monday. I hope you have a fantastic rest of y'all's Monday. Cause I can't say Tuesday because guess what? I will be seeing y'all back here on Tuesday with an exclusive interview with a last chance you star. So anyway, guys, y'all take care, and I will see y'all on Tuesday. Peace.